and welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. don't do a formal intro i just say hey man how are you can i ask something really fast before i start how does my mustache look it's pretty good it's it's solid it looks like you're not trying like it's just a natural i'm trying really hard but it looks like you're not trying that's probably actually not good oh okay because i want it no no i can't grow a mustache i can't grow good facial hair i just wanted to make sure that that it debuted well because i haven't really shown my mustache to that many people well now now we can see like (laughs) it's just I, I did a mustache for a while um, and it was like, I was genuinely trying. I was like, I was like, I, I want to like, I don't know. What's it like? I've always had a beard or facial hair, like consistent, whatever. And I was like, shave the fucking rest of it. And my girlfriend, not a fan, not if like, it's like, she wouldn't take anything I was saying seriously. Do girls not like mustaches? No, mine. Uh-oh. Like mustaches? No. Oh, well, it's... don't worry. Cause mine is very juvenile looking. <laughs> I say mustache. I will promise. I say mustache, but what I really mean is just I look like I'm 15 again, basically. It looks good, man. Thank you. Ain't so bad at all. I'm happy um, to be here. So, six feet cheers from across the table. You got? Oh, if you need another brew. Yep. Any out there? Sitting I do. There? Thank you, my love. Oh, what a sweetie. See, you thank see you, that? Thank you. The patriarchy already taken over. <laughs> I feel so bad now. I should have gotten up and gotten the beer. <laughs> People, are, I'm going to be canceled for this. Cancel culture. Oh, Wait, God, dude. All right. So oh, my God. Let's give them some shit to cancel. Um, Joe. I've had comments on this whole cancel culture thing. It's really funny to me. No, I, um, it's crazy. It's fucking ridiculous. I just found out that renowned mustache enthusiast Adolf Hitler was a Nazi. And... <laughs> childhood shattered (laughs) canceled that's basically what it is though is um people uh going back and you're you're going back into something where we already all know about this his fan base is cool with it just whoever we're canceling here and um we've all decided we're cool about it you're not even his demographic how exactly are you going to cancel him I'm offended for those people. <laughs> yeah, like you were never going to go to his show. You were never going to buy his CD or his comedy special. You were like, keep doing what you were doing and continue to not support that person. But I don't really understand the whole. And it's usually something for like um, like satire or parody. They're trying to cancel that Joji kid. You know him? Yeah, they're trying to cancel him. I've heard about that. Because the Filthy Frank thing. They're, the young kids are just now finding out that he is that Filthy Frank character. And I guess he probably said a lot of um like... He had a lot of Japanese characters. He is Japanese. So like, I, don't, I don't know where we are on like, uh, can we make fun of ourselves at this point? I feel like I'm still allowed to make Hispanic jokes and 
Middle Eastern jokes. I don't do it if it's out of taste, but you can't go back six years in someone's YouTube, Twitter history, and it's completely parody. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. satire, clearly. And you're going to try to get mad about it now. Well, like, it's, it's it's weird. Okay, so so I mentioned this. So think about Kevin Hart, for example, like what happened to him. Like they told a joke, they pulled a joke that was just fucking hilarious. Like nobody really thought much about it. Like uh, what was it like? He was saying he's going to throw see, a, a dollhouse at his kid or something. I don't know if it was hilarious, but as a comedian, it was a joke. It was a joke. And you have to respect that. Like you have right. to let someone attempt to make a joke. It's not someone saying, this is my belief. This is my opinion. And he mm-hmm. said... Uh, if my son tried to play with dolls, I will beat his, I'll beat him with a dollhouse <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, or yeah. if my son, I believe he said, if my son is, turns out to be gay, I'll stab him. Right. But like, it was a bad joke, but it was an attempt at a joke. And right. you also have to understand this is before people knew what Twitter was, what political correctness, uh-huh. like what this was all going to be. We didn't know what we could joke about. We didn't know who was going to see this years later. I don't think people really understood context back then. Like someone is reading this and they don't know you're joking. I don't think people really even I, got I that. I don't think people really comprehend like that things change too. Like that we like just as a fucking species in a, in a, in a society, we, we adapt and grow and we, and we learn like, Oh, that is kind of fucked up to say. Yeah. Like, so in comedians are the ones who are finding that edge. It's their job. It's your job to find the edge. Like we, we can't just fucking pull up old shit. People said and be like, you mean this now? we have to be allowed to say that right we because we are joking if we are not allowed to say things no one is mm-hmm. i get it if you're gonna uh get mad at somebody because they released this long manifesto and they're just an actor and da, 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 okay sure but if you don't let the people whose job it is to joke and not be taken seriously not be taken serious if you don't let them do that no one is safe. Mm-hmm. Like literally that is the last bastion. That's the last pillar of freedom mm-hmm. of speech that we have is JK. And if you take JK away, what can you say? Right. There's literally nothing else you can do. Like, yeah, I, I don't think, see, I'm such an advocate of that too. Cause I just, I, I like, like the philosophy side of things. I love studying philosophy cause I feel like it points out. Um, it's like the elaborated, more overly serious for no reason version of comedians like it's like here's what's crazy that we do and why we do it um and it, and it almost like wakes people up to the reality of like oh yeah i was taking that thing too seriously or exactly I, I think it's it's one of the most important things like like the cancel culture the deplatforming thing like man when i started seeing it like it probably just because i was consuming massive amounts of joe rogan and, and having his same opinions but <laughs> yeah i was like fuck this I've is bad victim. this is bad for society i'm like but, but really though it it is like it can't happen and i think when it started happening um you start actually like there was some people who took a sh- like there's some people who t- took the hit you know but I think more comedians kind of started stepping up a little more. Like they started like breaking the wall more. Like I remember when when Dave Chappelle, I mean his more recent special was like, you know what sucks? Y'all motherfuckers. Yeah. Like he's, he's like talking about the audience and like he just started going off from that point. Yes. And that's, some, that's, that's a new thing. I almost count that special as performance art and not even stand-up comedy because there's so much uh, nuance into even just down to the way he was dressed, the way the things he chose to talk about. I look at that as basically Mm. um, I'm going to get up here on this, uh, not to compare him to Christ, but like I'm going to totally do it right now. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to get up here on this comedy crucifix and I'm going to say all the things that I'm not allowed to say. I'm going to say them and I'm going to be wearing a janitor's outfit and uh, cancel me. And it's not going to work. And yeah. now that leaves the lane up for people like me to where like, okay, whew, 
I can breathe. I can say this thing. I'm just joking. Even though it's not fully like that yet, but right. it's getting there. But um, I don't know. I, I When you start to take like um, what comedians, Dave Chappelle especially, um, he is a barometer. When we take something and we joke about it, right? You can take the power away from it and you can get people to look at it from a new perspective, right? You can get people to laugh at themselves. But if everyone is afraid to make a joke, everyone is con- going to continue to stay in the same patterns of thoughts mm-hmm. because you can't ever look at yourself and go like you were saying, oh, ha, huh, that was mm-hmm. silly. Why would I think that? Like, nope, we'll just keep saying things that we agree with. Like we were saying before we started recording, I saw someone comment, you don't need anyone around you who has a separate opinion from you. That is the most toxic. That's dangerous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's fucked. And it's kind of that. Um, if you don't allow somebody to joke, about something that you don't agree with, you're just going to continue to history. It's going to repeat itself. Right. We're never going to realize hypocrisy in things. It's mm-hmm. our job to point out hypocrisy as a comedian. How can I ever point out how somebody's doing something stupid right. if I'm going to get in trouble for it? And how are you guys going to realize? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to think because, you know, comedians, you can think back just in my head. I'm like, okay, jesters. Like, that's what that's what they were before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, you... But but it seems like in movies, and I don't know a ton about jesters at all, so it could be pulling out of my butt. But in movies, it's like uh, like you you say the funny things, but there's always this like uh, kind of little edge. Where back in the day, you can't like make fun of the queen though. Like don't fucking make fun of the queen. That's an interesting comparison to draw because if a jester did something that a queen or a king didn't like, it was off with your head. Yeah, and that's how it's becoming now. Yeah, in what an insane reality that we we can't fucking live in that. Mm-hmm. Are you out of your mind? Like that's crazy. But so at the same time that these sort of things happening, um, like I said, there's a lot of people who like you know the legends have kind of stepped into the light lately of, of sorts or are starting to or whatever. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. noticing it. But at the same time, there's also a new form of comedy, social media. There's um, and not just comedians on social media. There's like random motherfuckers who are just like hateful bastards and they make hilarious memes. Yeah, like we have new forms of comedians mm-hmm. now too. Um, there's an, there's apps that are coming out that are creating new forms of comedy just from being born as an app like t- TikTok, you know. <laughs> that was never a form of comedy before. D- mime Ooh, dancing uh, in front mm. of a and then okay, words okay. fly away. Like I don't know. You know, that's completely new. So like every time an app comes out, now we have a whole new realm of comedy that was born. Like a whole new genre mm. of comedian that is live. And I think like I was going to say earlier in terms of the cancel culture and like um it seems to go in waves. I do think it is unhealthy, but I do think we need it. The internet used to be a really dark, mean, mean, and it's mm. still very dark and mean, but it was not a friendly pa- place for uh, overweight people, uh, LGBT people. The internet in 2011 was bully central. Like you were going mm. to get bullied into suicide in 2011 if you were uh, gay, uh, overweight, um, odd in any different way. Mm. I've, I've recently gone on a little bit of a YouTube rabbit hole during this quarantine thing, and I kind of got to look into what social media was like in 2011 and 2012 because... As I was saying, I wasn't around for that. I Uh swore off social media at that time. And it was a really mean place. And I can see why that wave crested of political correctness because it was so politically incorrect. You were allowed to say anything about anybody that the wave crested and now we have too much of it. And just like with too much of anything, it's an ebb and flow. Now everyone is starting to realize like, okay, we can't 
be this stringent about every single little thing but there is a lot of good aspects that have come from cancel culture and i'm not mad at a lot of it mm. i i think that body positivity and things like that are great and i'm glad that um if you try to say some homophobic remarks on the internet there is a gang of blue haired blue haired girls that are going to post your picture and everyone's going to know about your homophobic right. beliefs i like that right i don't like this uh if it doesn't fit my agenda, ruin this man's life. Yeah, that's fucked. That's what I don't like. Or woman's life. Yeah. Like the lady who got off the plane from that. Going to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. Don't worry. I'm white. Uh, Richard Bronson or the Bronson guy. I can't remember his name. He's the, the guy who wrote Men Who Stare at Goats. He yeah, wrote yeah. Uh, a book about her where this woman, and this is like 2013 before she really realized you can't say that. Mm. She is about to get on a plane to Africa does a stupid tweet she has probably 30 followers about to go to africa hope i don't get aids oh don't worry i won't i'm white she has 30 followers she's a nurse or something she's probably not thinking much this woman gets on a plane no airplane uh, no phone on a plane when she steps off that plane her life is over wow. she has yeah. been canceled and completely uh stoned in the public square by the time she steps off that plane and her life changed in a matter of three hours and that can happen to anybody well, you don't so, have to be famous well so okay so take apart that situation though like holy fuck like i mean obviously i feel bad for her like okay but so so in this situation she said something that would be perceived as racist very racist so but but so, so so how do we solve that? How do we like, how do we like fucking hook her up to a lie detector test and be like, are you racist though? Like, are you a, a threat to other people's way of life? Are you? It's up to the court of public opinion and the court of yeah. public opinion is not nice. If you're asking me, someone who uh, is very trained in the art of nuance and context, because I tell a lot of very uh, polarizing jokes, I see that you are joking. You didn't say, hey guys, Black people are the cause for AIDS and the only ones who get it. I'm white and proud. You didn't mm. say that. Mm. You made a joke and I can tell you were trying to joke. So it was distasteful. Mm. It wasn't really funny at all. I forgive you. The court of public opinion does not agree with me. Mm. You are racist for even thinking yeah. that can yeah, be Yeah, they're funny. saying like, it, like it's the words. It doesn't matter who you are. These words, if you say them. That bad. tweet now defines you as a person. Yeah. I don't care how much charity you've done in your life. Right. To the court of public opinion. I'm not saying it's right, but to them you're done right that's it and it's like i uh am going to africa to work with doctors without borders to save a i don't care <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. wait is that what she was doing actually was could have been oh i God. don't know probably not yeah. but still it, it could have been that same exact thing wow. and people would not care that's the other thing what a minefield it's, it's still, that is crazy how close it is we're just talking about like the queen's like yeah fuck this guy off with yeah. this jester's head oh dude i'm glad that i uh so we were saying earlier myspace was the thing 2008 2009 i was still in high school i was probably a senior i was about 18 19 at the time and uh facebook reared its ugly little mug and everyone was like oh there's this new social media i said you know what this stuff makes me feel weird when mm -hmm. i'm on it and i don't really think i like it and i did not get on the internet or own a smartphone from 2008 to 2016 at all I would get on once in a while to like look up a YouTube video or whatever, you know what I mean? But even that, I was just like looking up like awesome fails, very 2012. Right. And um, I'm glad 
that I did not have the internet back then. I'm also not glad because I think I would be much further in my career at this point if I did have it, but right. the things that I would have said and I would have thought and I would have believed back then, mm -hmm. I was a very different person. I'm glad that I got to go through my 18 to 24 year old stage of having all these stupid ideas and dumb jokes and all these things. I'm glad that I got to do that in private and no one's ever gonna be able to go back and look at something stupid I said when I was 19 because that would fucking scare the shit out of me. I right. cussed. <laughs> I cussed. Well, dude, I have. So so I've been someone who's been fucking thoroughly addicted to social media. I've always liked social media. I've uh, like MySpace. I was like, I'm going to be the guy who lays on the train tracks and gets my photo taken. And that's my <laughs> like, dude, you know, what's funny is like I got reassurance. I was talking about this in another podcast and, and, uh, and my friend Mackenzie was like, no, no, you were cool. You were cool. I was like, yes. Sweet. Like other people saw me who didn't know me in person, but on MySpace. But anyway, so like I've always been into fucking into social media and I never like, I don't even know. Like I didn't ask myself like why I was just so into it. But um, I feel like uh, it, it was such an addiction that I didn't know that I had. Like yeah. simple fucking dopamine pleasures. Like like I don't even Undeniable. know what I'm consuming, dude. And I, I didn't really know that. And I worked, at a, I worked at a lumber mill for five years and essentially what I did was uh, the job itself was easy as cake. And if you're good at it, you don't touch shit. Mm. Like you you hit this button and this button. And as long as you got everything set up good, if nothing fucks up, you don't have to get up. That can so, be soul sapping. Bro, I sat there on my phone. I would sit there and I would I would hit the button and then less than a minute would go by and I would pull up the exact same apps and I would refresh them and see if mm -hmm. anybody's saying anything new. And like I never, I, would, I didn't stop myself to be like, the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I consuming this? Why do I want to know what these people are saying? It takes a lot to step back and look at yourself mm -hmm. from the lens of what yeah. the fuck? What do you, do you think that, could, could you do like an open comparison between like maybe what other people experience, like even compare us, um, not gonna hurt my feelings with anything either, but like, do you feel, what do you feel that you maybe got that I didn't get? Or like, what, what did I take away from myself from being on what social media? What did I get so from much? being on social media or not being on social from, media? From not being on social media. I, right? I know that there are things that are weighable and measurable. I, I um, saw this uh, this artist that I really love. Um, this tattoo artist did this on somebody. Uh, I miss my pre-internet brain. This whole FOMO, this anxiety that I have, this where's my phone uh, when I leave a place, when I go a place, when I go to the bathroom, mm -hmm. um, who's messaging? I did not have that. I was exactly where I was, even though I was still dealing with mental health issues, I still was depressed, I still wasn't completely happy in life. I was where I was and that's where I was and I wasn't supposed to be anywhere else. There was no looking at my phone like what's this? Mm. I didn't have that at all. I miss that so much. I miss not worrying about being somewhere that I'm supposed to be. Like I was exactly with who I was with. I was talking to that person. Uh, you would never have a conversation with me where, oh yeah, uh-huh. That would never happen. It wasn't in realm. And I, the thing that I didn't get from it was validation for my art. I needed that and Ooh. I wasn't getting it. Wow, yeah. But that's not for everybody. Not everybody is a creator. Not everybody needs validation on the internet. But I literally was living in a realm of, is this even funny? Am I even good at singing? Am I delusional? Because I try not to be narcissistic. Mm, mm. And I really had this crazy battle before I got on the internet of, I didn't even want to post stuff. Because I was like, am I fucking crazy? Like, am I delusional? Cause I didn't want to just think like, oh wow, I'm really, really funny and just do it. And uh -huh. the internet gave me reassurance of you're not crazy. Your belief in yourself is founded because other mm. people believe in you just as much as you do. It's right. showable and it's provable. Right. So I didn't have that validation and I felt really alone in the world, but I also felt so relaxed. 
I'm yeah. calm without the internet. I was fine. I did, there was nothing to check. Check. Nothing, nothing I checked like my miss. pulse. That was the only thing I had to check <laughs> well, fuck, was my pulse. Think about FOMO, like just that word. Like, you know, it's kind of like a, it's a laughable like joke where like think about the, the little uh, blue, the blue bird for Twitter is like, oh, it's cute little blue bird. But like Twitter is like, you can ruin your fucking life by saying yeah. something on it. Like it's these little dorky things. FOMO. We have that word. We hear that. It's kind of like said in pop culture, but like, fuck man, it's a real thing. Like people feel genuine, like my life sucks. My house sucks. I hate everything. Cause I'm not with these people. They didn't invite me. Um, I'm not being a part of this thing. I'm missing out on this. I didn't hear the hottest music. I didn't see the newest thing. I'm missing out on jokes that I don't get because people are talking about the memes they just saw that are mm -hmm. new. Like it's, it's a, you know, fear of missing out FOMO, but it's, it's another way for being in physical reality for all of a sudden our fear body, our like old limbic reptilian brain to be activated. I think, I think that it's something that just like with all things, just like with all drugs, you can use it medicinally mm -hmm. and it can be a drug. The fact that, or it can be an addiction. The fact that I can get on here and even though my life is in shambles, I am uh, sleeping on a box spring. I, I, uh, not to say that any of this is true, it totally is. I'm drinking mouthwash every day. I'm, my life is terrible, but at least I'm doing well on the internet or whatever. Mm -hmm. That can be really, mm -hmm. really detrimental. But if you use it as a tool to like be motivation, yeah, I get everything in my life is not great right now, but the internet is a place where I get uh, validation and it makes me feel good. Also, you need to be changing those things in your life that aren't good. Like that's great that you get validation from the internet, but get a good bed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> strive, box spring. strive for something more and get that validation from the internet. Right. Don't let that validation from the internet be right. your end all be all. I think, I I think could noticing end. that it's validation is the biggest thing. Yes. Like, like a, lot of, a lot of us don't know that we're seeking validation. Like me, for example, for many years, I didn't realize I'm just, oh, I just need approval of other people. I need to like think of something that's gonna get likes rather than like, what do I really fucking wanna say? Like, mm. what do I really like? Like now when I post to, to Instagram, I get sometimes fucking 14 likes, but it's something that I genuinely fucking like now, man. And exactly. it's not like, but back then, I could post the coolest outfit then I like, you know, took, took a while to do the lighting and mm -hmm. I blah, blah, and I have a cool background and I get like fucking 170 likes. But I feel like I never took the time from like high school to whenever to be like, what are likes? What am I doing? Why do I want them? They're just, it's a playing a fucking slot machine, getting little ding, 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 ding. And it, you realize it's like a breeding ground for uh, not good feelings. That mm. you're like editing this picture and everything and you're not like, oh, I look good. You're like, oh, I look better if I do this. Yes, exactly. You're and not like, that. oh man, great. I look so cool in this outfit. You're like, man, mm -hmm. I, I hope my shoes are new enough mm -hmm. and I hope this filter works. I'll make myself better. And then you get the validation from this character that you've developed, but mm. that's not real that's not Ooh. you that's not real that's not someone saying hey Ooh. you're a good person i've seen how you act with your friends and mm. i think you're beautiful for that that's not the same as going hey you have a right. sick outfit that's all superficial so you might get validation from that but it's not true and i think people know that mm. i went to the internet for validation i am very aware that's what i was seeking so i don't really have a good spectrum on that maybe because i'm very comfortable with the fact that I want you to tell me that I am funny. I want you to tell me that I right. am attractive. I need that and I'm okay with that. But I don't define myself by that because I have this whole definition of myself that I had before I even had social media. Right. But it's just, it's, this, it's just like drugs, dude. It is. It's just totally like is. drugs, man. Like opiates literally can be a helper or a harmer of you choose how you want to use it. Right. 
it, it just depends. I feel bad for people who I can tell that social media is the only like last, it's all that they're holding on with and they're not even using it properly. Like your, your, um, your thing that's keeping you going is anger and, um, resentment and resentment and bitterness and, uh, narcissism when you could be using social media to get positive validation by say, like how you do when someone, you make someone else feel good. Mm. How about make someone else feel good? That's going to make you have some fucking validation that you can't even understand from getting a compliment on your outfit. Right. Like, right you can use the internet for good or you can use it for evil. Right. What kind of validation do you want? I want validation from validating you. Right. You know, well, and also tell me I'm cute. <laughs> also hit like, just saying, yeah, thank uh, you. I, I think social media is cool. Like, uh, um, you know, uh, fucking brain farted exactly what I, I thought I was going to say something massively important. We does that. Have we, even, we haven't even smoked. I took yet. a hit. I took the hit of weed. You, you right there. There's a this bong weed? just for you, buddy. Oh yeah. my god! Some bongs and some weeds. I've been smoking weed since the fourth grade. Can you believe that? Yo, you know what's funny is I probably like okay. I met you originally. We used to skateboard together back in the day. <laughs> this is true. Um, Twelve, thirteen. Around yeah, that I'm trying age. to think. I, I definitely didn't smoke weed. I probably thought smoking weed was super square, but it was because my dad just super loved meth and he also did weed. So I was just like drugs, not cool. Bad. Right. But then I, but then, you know, what's fucking funny and probably traumatizing is by the time I turned 15, I was hanging out with my dad and we smoked weed together. <laughs> he wasn't doing meth back. You know, he was cool. Wait, but when you were how old? 15. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, that's when my family started smoking with me too. My grandma yeah. handed me the pipe at 14, around that age. My grandma was also watching as my dad and oh, I smoked. Oh shit, sorry. This grandma is so adorable. Dear God. They just get stitches. Yeah, um, yeah I, I've been smoking a good amount of weed during quarantine. Um, it's it's funny, like, like it's of course a, a, a habit, an addiction. It's something that I'm like, oh, okay. like. I definitely do. I, if I'm in a situation and I'm not stoned, I'm like hanging out in my backyard. I'm like, mm, I should go take a bong rip because playing with my puppy or uh, mowing the lawn <coughs> is just gonna be like a little bit cooler stoned. But yeah. so like, I try to like watch it when I'm like trying to get myself too stoned all the time when I'm just like, oh, am I trying to just make everything a little bit better than it needs to be? Or am I like, cause mowing the lawn could be just as fine. Playing with my dog could be just as fine without it. Yeah. I think it's much like social media where it's okay if you get that up from it, but can you get the same thing petting your dog or having fun with your dog without it? Mm. If you need weed to have a good time, mm. you need to check yourself. If it is enhancing your time, I'm fucking cool with that. Right. Like that is completely fine. Um, I don't know. Like I kind of have, I don't really know so much what it's like to not feel um, high or uh, what is the word? Fucking mind altering substances, mm -hmm. my mind altered. I, when you met me in eighth grade, I was using meth, heroin at 14, 15 years old. I had been smoking weed for a long time. I had been drinking for a long time. I've been doing that for a long time. And there's only a very short periods of my time in my life where I know what it's like to be me completely unaltered at all. Mm -hmm. Usually those are very, very uncomfortable times in my life. And um, usually they're also very clear, like I have the most clarity and the most awe-inspiring epiphanies of my life at the same time. I've gotten a lot of my motivation and a lot of my sense of self 
worth from when I'm sober. When I'm sober is when I tell myself that I am a fucking beast and I can do this. Mm -hmm. I tend to get down, not get down on myself, but like, oh man, you're just a, you're just a fucking slacker, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, go chug some mouthwash type deal. Uh, when really I'm into mouthwash. I, I'm it's telling you, everybody on the internet thinks I chug mouthwash on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> he does. I do. But uh, I forgot what I was saying, but um, the motivation to like actually, what were we talking about? The mouthwash thing totally fucking flew, threw me off. Yeah. But yeah, fucking... Uh, just use, using things in moderation and like having like a, a regular consciousness of sober. Like it's oh, just, yes, it's just, I don't have a good do. grasp on it. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard for me to decide, am I using this weed for a good reason? Am I drinking for the right reason? Mm -hmm. I've gone through times in the past two years where I have been a stone cold, blackout drunk alcoholic. And now at that point in my time in my life, that sounds completely unattractive to me. Right. Which part of me is the actual base level where I'm going to like where I operate from. Mm. Am I an alcoholic trying to be sober or am I a sober person who just had a weird year? You know, because right. I don't, I've never had a problem with alcohol before. So like I try to like, why was I doing that? What was I getting out of it? Why, why am I smoking weed now? And as long as I feel like it's for, I can enjoy life without it. I can do things without it. Like I don't have to be drunk or stoned when I uh, go on stage. I don't need to be drunk or stoned to perform. I don't need to be drunk or stoned to be with my girlfriend, to be with my friends, but it enhances it. So I'm mm -hmm. cool with it. The moment that I stop hanging out with my friends because I don't got any weed is the moment that I stop smoking weed. Right. I feel that. Instantly. I feel that. that takes <laughs> chug of beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No, see, I, I don't, I don't drink. Um, I don't really get like fucked up too often, like a couple of times a year. Like, uh, like we have a couple trips that we do and I'm like, I'm, I get ready, man. I'm like taking extra fiber and I'm like, I gotta be drinking this much more water because next week we're doing this thing. Um, but now I, I don't know. I feel like the unattractive, my, my thing for a long time was Coke. I just fucking love cocaine. It was uh, never, a, never a thing for me. Yeah, it was, uh, for, for me, you know, what's crazy is I think a lot of it was, um, I would get together with people and, and, and we would just be dreamers, man. Like we, it was a lot of like the one time I gave myself permission to feel something, I think. Yeah. And, and, um, and I also, so I started doing a lot more Coke. I tried it before, but I started doing a lot more Coke. Wow. Um, when I, when I got off antidepressants. Cause I had this fucking, I actually had a Reddit comment that like flipped my, something in my fucking brain that like hurt me. And um, I was on antidepressants. They I went through a bunch of stages of, I hated all of them. They sucked and they weren't working for me. And then I finally upped my dose, up my dose. And I was like, oh, okay, I had a few days or a few weeks of like, okay, I'm feeling pretty leveled out. Like I, but it, it was a weird feeling. And then I was reading this Reddit comment that was like, it basically said like, you know, antidepressants work for me really, really well. And then I suddenly realized that um, it wasn't actually me and I was just using uh, the you know, I was just feeling that because of the drug and it was blocking out. So it was like something that just put it like blame, like bluntly. And I was like, oh no. And then so I went through a few more months of like getting off of them and in cold turkey. And and then it turned into, um, and this is not all blaming like what I, I would do cocaine just because it's fucking fun. Like I, it was, you know, but this kind of led me into this, like, I was at this weird not feeling anything like because because a lot of times antidepressants can make you they level you out but it's it's like you I'm don't dude. feel the extreme sadness but you also don't feel the extreme like yeah and, and i'm someone who's like i'm just sometimes i am up and down like some, you know adhd or whatever like so um it, it was kind of like giving me something to feel whereas before yeah. i was just not feeling anything and it was the one time you could actually start to like talk from maybe my true self because i was actually letting myself feel excitement 
talking about dreaming like what do i want to do when i I'm think older? that resonates with a lot of people dude yeah. I, th- I because i instantly when you said that i kind of like oh wow um so many people that i have because i'm not a very big cocaine guy but i have a lot of friends who have been and i've been in those rooms you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so many people i've talked to i want to be a singer i actually want to do this mm-hmm. i actually have a dream of this mm-hmm. and then they never tell you that until you're yes. in that room yes. six lines deep and it's yes. almost like the, it, they needed that to feel comfortable with themselves because how dare i ever be a singer mm-hmm. how dare i ever have a dream and it lets you feel that right it allows you to become the thing that you are hoping to be without ever actually having to do the emotional work to get there right like oh yeah it's so crazy Let's how much more excited I feel now just knowing that like I, I don't just talk about it and I'm really like like accepting what I want for myself. And I'm like, yeah, I am working on it. And I'm more realistic about like the time frame of like everything you do every day is just a little more fucking chipping away at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's actually interesting uh, to think about just just like the inability of our of our not society but a lot of us to like dream out loud without feeling that we can and without feeling like put down for it or without trying to explain our way out of it or without feeling silly like especially if you're self-aware yeah oh okay okay so so i heard this thing uh i heard this thing so the martin luther king i have a dream speech um that apparently and i just heard this a couple weeks ago he had a friend or a family member, somebody who was actually behind him. And he was going on and he was, he was on the script and he was saying what he had to say. And the, I have a dream speech. It was actually off the, off the dome, I guess. What? Um, that was a, that was a freestyle bro, of some sorts, right? Bars. So apparently somebody behind him was leaning forward and going, tell them about the dream. Wow. Literally. So, so I, I want to fact check this for sure. I wish we had a Jamie, but so wow. I heard this a couple weeks ago. I'm like, what? Imagine if he wasn't what? there. What? Imagine if he wasn't there, dude. What would we be fucking talking about? What would our world be? I think that like, and, and that's what I want this podcast to be, to inspire people to do that too, is, is like, fuck, dude, if you got a friend who's telling you about some shit, tell them, I know you more than a lot of people do, bro. And like, if you really look into it, be like, dude, I know that you can do this. Yeah. You got to fucking just put some work in, be realistic, but don't fucking crush anybody's dreams. Like, you are that thing the the dice that you have rolled that have like that you've landed here because so far you haven't really been trying you have rolled a lot of people you have just kind of landed where you're at uh my mom did this my dad did this we lived here i went to school here i got offered a job here Mm -hmm. this is my life secretly i want to be a singer that place that you landed is not you that thing that you are dreaming quite possibly is really that's the actual you the thing that you're like telling yourself that you can't talk about unless you're on cocaine, that quite possibly is your actual self. That's why you're so, it's that Jim Carrey quote. It's your avatar telling you that you're not in the correct spot. You just landed here. You're not guy who works at the mill. That's not you, bro. Your cousin got you a job that doesn't define you. That's not your fucking goal in life. And you're telling yourself that you can't be a fucking guitar player or whatever, when that is so much more true to your bones than anything else you've ever done in your life, you're just scared. Because people landed you in a place or you landed in a place and that's what it is. That's the thing I've always had a hard time accepting where I've landed. Mm. I cannot land here. This is not it. I know know for a fact that this is not where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I think people have a hard time stomaching that from me because it can come off as narcissistic when I'm like, this is not going to be my career. But I know that this is not it for me. And I think that a lot of people are not realizing that. It's like living someone else's truth or something. Yeah. Like it's it's 
it's it's just crazy like to see like how many and, and when you, when you are a dreamer or someone who is on the on the fringes or you're somebody who's just a creative or like i'm just like you probably have it too like it seems like people are more apt to tell you like man i kind of wish that i was like a stand-up comedian like, before oh more than like, any other art but go ahead yeah right <laughs> but, but it's uh i don't know i i think uh just to just to put put a little plug in that that specific thought. So a listener, I think just realize when you're when you're on either sides of these coins. Like if one of your friends is kind of just like casually given a little like oh, or, or maybe you guys are fucked up and it's four a.m. and you just did three grams, yeah. and your friend's like, bro, I want to be an actor so bad. Story time. You're like you know what? Tomorrow, bro, let's yes. stop doing cocaine at ten thirty tomorrow, bro. Let's stop doing cocaine. And let's let's get this acting. (laughs) At some point, at some point (laughs) next week, let's stop. But no, what you're saying is correct, and I think that goes with the Jim Carrey quote of "You feel like you are this person, but if you actually what you think is uncomfortable for you, you think that the most uncomfortable thing in the world would be to put yourself out there and really try acting. Oh my God, that sounds terrible. The most uncomfortable thing in the world is what you're doing." Your job that you hate, that is the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Even if you failed and you went and tried to be an actor, you would be a lot more comfortable doing that because you'd be happy and you would die knowing, fuck, I tried. And you would have that sense of like, okay, I did the thing. I I did it. You'd be a lot more comfortable being what you truly want to be at your heart than the job that you were assigned at birth in your town. You know, you think you're more comfortable. You're not. You'd be so much more comfortable in your own water. Well, so we have a whole, we have a whole generation is such a generalization, but uh, like think about, you know, our parents, like how they were raised, our parents' ages. Um, They're raised to like work, you know, work in factories and work in jobs and and whatever. It's uh, our, our way of like thought is, is completely different. Like it's, uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm always trying to look at like the kids who are growing up now. They had different trainers. Yeah. Our parents. Right. They were taught, uh, I don't even want to know. But it's so different. Like it's so, like, it's like, here, here's exactly what you do. And if you question it, they're like, it's because you do it. Come on. It's, it's because they're like, well, why would I, why would I apply at that job if I don't really want to work there? They're like, because you need a 401k, you idiot. And you're like, why do I need a 401k? Because you want to retire one day, don't you? And you're like, like, I don't, I guess this, you know what I mean? Like, this reminds me not to like fucking bring up my own self-promote right now, but I have a song uh, called Something About Working and the lyrics are something about working every fucking weekend. You say it is not worth it. They say you're overthinking. <laughs> no, I'm not. I like that. Yeah, like you're not overthinking. There is something about fucking working every weekend and it's killing you. Right. Stop. Figure out a way to make it, to marry the two because I understand you have to survive. I understand that. We have to pay our bills and everything. But you cannot keep on just talking about this part of you when you do cocaine. You have to let it all live together. Mm -hmm. It has to all be free. I did not become a full person and realize who I am until I started being comfortable with the fact that I want to be a stand-up comedian. If I only talked about it when I did cocaine, dude, I would have been dead a long time ago, bro. I would have given up a long time ago. Right. You have to be comfortable with your dreams. You're going to let yourself have it. Yeah. Let yourself feel. Like you were saying earlier, it was the only time that you would let yourself feel. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, fuck. That's heavy. Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, yes, I think that's probably resonant for a lot of people who have cocaine problems. Is It is, okay, I can let it out now. Oof. It's never been a thing for me. I don't know if I have ADD or ADHD, but I tend to have the symptoms of it where 
uh, uppers are very overwhelming for me and I've never liked that kind of stuff. Mm. I get very um, anxiety ridden and I already have enough anxiety and depression as it is, but I've never been a fan of that. Um, hallucinogens even that type of thing is a little scary for me i got offered dmt last night but i was in the what? woods i was scared <laughs> i was scared i was in the woods you would have been in another fucking dimension i know i like to be on someone's couch it, it, dude set and setting is the <sighs> yes. ideal thing with psychedelics and i'm just saying that because i listen to it a lot i have not done psychedelics accidentally None? one time anything i did lsd on accident i think that's the it, way to do it i though. had done three triple stacks of ecstasy we we're at a rave in seattle no. i was fucked up beyond belief and i took a pill from a stranger and then i was seeing comic book bubbles with the letter r so uh, shit was crazy it I, would be hard to differentiate differentiate into like what's really going on with you when you're that deep into a fucking oh no i, I had realities drugs. happening like i was i was convincing was convincing myself that my friends weren't my friends it was like weird i would not be not to say that the person I am today is very great, but I am very proud that I'm not the person that I was going to be. And I think that I am a lot better mm -hmm. than I was. And I would not be the person that I am without hallucinogens, without psilocybin and without dimethyltryptamine. I would not be me. Can you, can you tell me why? Can you when I was about 15, just to give you some reference to like what kind of kid I was at the time, Jake kind of knew me back then. I was in and out of juvie every other week, every other weekend. I smoked meth. I smoked heroin. Uh, three weeks before this life-changing psilocybin trip, I got the tattoo, shit happens on my knuckles when I was 15 years old. So... Uh, that's the kind of kid I was. I had no hopes of a future. If you asked me what I wanted to be, I would have said, I just want to skate and be a functioning drug addict. I'll do whatever, I'll sell drugs. Like that was my goal. You know what I mean? I had no sense of I am a good person whatsoever. My buddy, uh, who shall rename nameless, but let's call him Jordan because that's his real name. Um, <laughs> He sold me these shrooms and he was like, hey, listen, I grew these in my basement. They're not normal. And I'm like, Psh, cool. no. I'm not normal. Uh, only eat one or two. And I was like, okay. So me being me, I ate the whole bag, which was an eighth. And it was a way too much. And the initial thing happened of, I'm just seeing crazy things, right? Uh, um, I would blink my eyes and all of my friends, we were sitting around a campfire. All of my friends would disappear. And then I would blink uh -oh. my eyes again and they would come back. It was pretty wild. Um, my friends tried to bring me some food. It looked like it was covered in maggots, the classic stuff. My uncle walked around the corner of the house and he looked like he was 20 feet tall and he was like resting his elbow on the fucking mm -hmm. roof. Just all kinds of things like that. My cousin looked like he was covered in scales and had a tail, whatever. Uh, my girlfriend's, this is my favorite one though. I have to say this one. My girlfriend's nose, the end of her nose started blowing up like a helium balloon. Uh-oh. And then it popped in my face and the flesh went all over me. Oh. So at this point- Wait, did that flip it traumatizing all of a sudden? Like, this was, was not up? fun at all. Okay, none of it was okay. fun. Oh, none of it was fun. None of this For was fun. For some reason, the, From, the really tall uncle uh, against no, the roof is so funny to me, but it's probably not actually. <laughs> it was extremely unsettling <laughs> and frightening. Uh, my chain, uh, my Figaro uh, 2006 gangster chain turned into a snake, crawled down my pants. So I thought everyone was trying to kill me. I needed my mom or my brother to come and pick me up. This is very common when you trip out. The only people you trust is your mother. That's the only person who wasn't trying to kill me. I have my brother come and pick me up. Of course, he messes with me the whole entire ride home, convincing me that I'm in a spaceship, whatever. You know, I get home and my mom, I, as soon as I get home, I enter this realm of safety. Mm. Everything becomes less dark. It becomes okay. 
I literally, I'm 16, 15 years old. I have my mom cradle me in her arms like a baby. And I make her put her hand in my mouth. And people can't see this, but I make her put her hand with her fingers in my mouth and her palm on the bottom of my chin. Kind of like you would face mask somebody in football. Perfect fucking description. Uh, I did that because if you've ever seen the grudge when people's jaws fall off, it felt like my jaw was doing that. And Uh. I, I needed her reassurance that it wasn't happening so um it doesn't sound fun at all no it was traumatizing and to this day i have nightmares about it it was not fun but i closed my eyes and then i went into this nowhere place i didn't have a body but what is a body huh what what is me i don't even know what the concept of me is the edges yes i was just a floating ball of gas and i was in this black realm and then uh my probation officer at the time shows up from the abyss and starts walking towards me i didn't know that's who it was she opens up a case folder and starts reading me basically someone's like life stats you know what i mean like what happened in their life she was telling me about myself but i had full amnesia i did not know who i was whatsoever i was just like why are you telling me this and then she was like this is you and it all hit me at once Instantly, every memory I ever had of all my whole life, and I'm not a good kid. I'm on heroin, meth, all this shit. My reality hits me how it would hit a stranger. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. I am seeing myself from someone else's perspective, and it fucked me up. And my mom was going through this with me. Like, I'm asking my mom, like, this is really me? I'm remembering things like, this is who I am. I go to juvie all the time. I smoke heroin. Like, this is really me, mom? And she's like, yes, son, this is, this is really you. And I'm like, fuck, I don't like this. I'm going to change. And I didn't fully change. I've still had battles with drug addiction since then. I've still had battles with the I will say this. I didn't have a run-in with the law or do anything criminal for 10 years until I got a DUI. After that, I completely changed my life. Like I completely changed the way I was as like a, like the stealing and robbing and lying and terrible kid breaking into people's houses. I robbed every elementary school and store in this town. Whoop, statutes of limitations. Anyways, it was more than 10 years ago, kids. I already checked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was just this terrible person and um I stopped doing that. I stopped being that. I still had my faults. I still was a cheater. I still wasn't the best husband. I wasn't the best boyfriend. I wasn't the best son, but I changed a lot about me and I would not have done that without psilocybin mushrooms. It showed me to myself. I got to meet me, man. Like, <laughs> Do you think it like, like it, it pulled the real you out from in there? Like it's like all, like you didn't even know it was in there. How we were like, saying like, that's not the real actual you. Yeah. Like, yes, it yeah. showed me to like, cause the person was saying, oh, that wasn't actually me. It was the drugs. I was underneath all of that. Yes. It made me realize like, no, you're not a piece of shit, dude. You're not some punk yeah. rock spit on someone's face and steal. You just want love, bro. Yes. I wanted valid. Want love. I wanted to be cool when I was a kid. Really bad. Well, um, I'm just saying like, like the essence of everyone's being in this whole world. Like yes. the one thing, like what are you kind of leaning towards more than anything? Love. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is the goal. Yeah. That is what we all want is to be yeah. loved and to love. Um, that showed me a lot of things. Mm. And I still had a really rough go from there. Like I still uh, had a rough go at being a father. Uh, I still had a rough go at drug addiction. I never was addicted to heroin as a teenager, but later on around 20, 
19 years old, I picked it up randomly. Get this, because it made my voice sounded cool when I would record music. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's how it initially started, is I liked the way it, it made my voice sound. Now, no way. it turned into a real addiction, but even then, I kind of managed it and maintained it to where it was never anything public. It was never mm. anything that like was like, holy shit, Joseph, go to rehab, but it was always a problem. But... um. I wasn't perfect after that psilocybin trip is what I'm saying. Right. But the DMT trip that I had, that did a whole nother mind wipe and changed a bunch of perspectives on me too. That is a whole different ball game. I recommend if you feel like you have the mental capacity to handle it and you can be in a safe environment mm -hmm. and you can do it in a controlled environment, even if you can go to a therapist in a state where it's legal, yeah. I recommend hallucinogenic therapy psychedelic yeah, yeah. therapy it's really good dmt really helped me too i uh i i study a lot of this shit and i kind of like i have my projections for what i think the future is going to be with it and i think that psilocybin especially but like a lot of these hallucinogenics are going to like we're, 65 year old debbie is taking fucking psilocybin in three yeah. years for sure like so they have so much fucking success rate with people in depression and anxiety and ptsd and all this shit, and I'm so Noble excited for it. So yeah, dude, I thanks for sharing your fucking story. That's so awesome that you, that you shared that. Um, it was an immense change. Would you like to share um, uh, your DMT one as well? Oh, that just, one's just, good. That's so, not so long. That one's a quick one. I could. Okay. So that one was a whole different. So the first one was psilocybin, and they all react differently to you, and you react differently to them. Okay. Um, the best way I ever heard someone put it is acid is like you're the driver and psilocybin is like you're the passenger. DMT is like, what the fuck is a car? <laughs> I'm on a rocket. Yeah. Um, so I did DMT. I uh, was with my ex at the time. This was before any of our really toxic things have happened and everything was honeymoon and great vibes. You know what I mean? I'm in a hotel room with a lovely shag carpet. It was great. Perfect setting. You know what I mean? I never seen a hotel room with a love seat. That was great. Or no, not a love seat, but like um, a full, it was like a house. It was lovely. So it got presented to me. I didn't plan on doing it. It just kind of popped up. We were offered it. We go to the hotel room, we do it. I kind of did this weird thing where I broke through, but I did something which is really rare. Breaking through is you could trip out on DMT or you could break through, which is like a life-changing experience. Like you blast off into the cosmos and you know when you broke through, cause it's like you come out of it crying and shit. Mm. Um, you could either have a little trip or you could break through. I did this weird middle plane thing where I still had function over my body and I could walk around and control myself, but I was not fucking here, tell you that much. It basically did this for me. I felt everything bad that anybody had ever done to me in my life all at one fucking moment. Oh my God. Every single wrong that Jesus. had ever happened to me that I perceive as a wrong, the, the, my stepdad beating me, the, my father abandoning me, like just random things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Any wrong I ever perceived in life was thrown on me all at once and it was in the metaphor of mud dolloping on me and like caking me down till I was like wow. in a fetal position. And when it was all on me and I felt like I was gonna suffocate, at this one moment, this light appeared in my mind and it told me to just let it all go. And I forgave every, and I mean this, I'm not just saying this as like, oh, I was tripping out. And I, this is why I don't like to talk about DMT because it makes you seem very like hippie-ish. I'm very skeptical and not a very spiritual person, guys. Like this is very evident to me, what happened to me. Everything that I ever felt in my life that happened to me, I forgave people, everybody. Everybody who ever did anything, I forgave. Imagine the fucking power of that. That's and the crazy. mud flung off of me in like this weird explosion 
and I like it was like those memes where you see the chick like fling her hair out of the water all sexy <laughs> or Jason Momoa Garnier. I did that and the mud flew off of me and then I felt every bad thing I had ever done to somebody else Ooh, yeah Rough. that was way worse yeah. <laughs> yeah way fucking worse all the things I had done to somebody so how god our, our psyches are so fucking like how could you possibly just pull all of that like all right here's everything i've been taking italian in the back of my mind and all of it's right here and i just tip the bucket over so like, how does our psyche understand that it was so like crazy. walking through a long corridor with a thousand to a million doors on each side and each door you look in there's you having a conversation with yourself and you know each conversation as they're going on you know exactly what was being said oh, it was insane but then in the sense, in that same instant that I felt all the wrongs I did, I forgave myself. And one thing that rang true in my head was we are not our fault. We are not defined, defined by our faults. The bad things you've done are bad. You shouldn't have done them, but that's not you. And that goes with this whole cancel culture shit. That's why I don't feel it like other people feel it. I don't feel the need to take this man's livelihood away or this woman's. You're not defined by that. I'm sorry. You're not the bad things you did in life. Absolutely. I mean, there's exceptions. Like if you're fucking Ted Bundy, you're kind of your faults. <laughs> okay. Yeah, bro, chill. But for the most part, for us everyday people, man, don't define yourself by the bad things you did. That's yeah. something I struggle with every day to this day is here, man. I am the bad things I've done. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm fucking not. They're just bad things that I've done. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're me, just. Man. They're just. They're just things in my life that are like, hey, you need to learn about this more than you. The more than you know. Yeah. Like, you, you Look you inward. Trip over some shit sometimes. You know. What did you do that brought you to that point? It can't all just be my uh, nurture. It can't all just be what happened to me. What is your nature? What part did you play in this? I once got cheated on, and I'm not even playing. I really, really, and I know it's not my fault. She shouldn't have cheated on me. That's okay. I get it, guys. I really evaluated what I was doing to cause myself to get cheated on. Mm. I didn't have my own place at the time. I was kind of a loser. I was sleeping on a couch or in my car. Uh, I didn't have any motivation. You know what I mean? I wasn't like being everything I could, like, I, you know? And I evaluated like, how could I have prevented this? You know what I mean? Right. I still shouldn't have got cheated on and I hope you fucking know that you broke my fucking heart. <laughs> but I did weigh out what did I do to make myself uh, cheat onable? Right. You know? Yeah. You, you got to bring that awareness. There's two sides to every story. Uh, <laughs> I was being a lame. <laughs> I was so poor. But yeah, there is. I want to, uh, I want to swing back to your band. I don't want to miss that just because that's new. Info oh, to me. yes. So, so I didn't know you as, I mean, we used to skate together back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, not that I like fucking super know you now at all either, but. Um, Nobody really does. Tell me about, do you write the music? Like, because I'm asking as someone who is, I'm a new musician. I've been a DJ for a while, but I, I'm not a musician. I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, new, I, I, I'm not, a, I'm getting less afraid to show people the world my shit, but it still sucks. And I hope it's good to 15 years, but. So I'm just really curious about bands and writing. I think we are very much so in the same, uh, either mind, whether we whether it's true or not, we're very much so in the same state of mind in the same uh, realm right now, where on the way over here, I was like, Jake is my DJ friend. He knows about music, not me. Like, so uh, you know what okay, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, even I am in that realm of like, I fucking, all I know is how to hit notes. That's all I got, <laughs> baby. I got pipes, that's it. Yeah. And um. I actually wanted to create a, we're going to be doing a lot of things on our YouTube channel that is an interview series based around the fact that I don't know shit about music and all my friends do. Oh, um, yeah. Yes. Uh, my friends are super knowledgeable and I want to ask them about it, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I don't write music per se. My friend does all the guitar. He comes to me with ideas or I come to him with ideas. Uh, Scotty Bisconer, my fucking guitarist. He's amazingly talented. He's one of the more talented musicians in terms of guitar, I would say, in the Pacific Northwest. And he's in a really great band called Outlet. They're signed to Tent City Records. He's the lead singer of that. Check that band out. Okay. Um, Outlet. And uh, he does all of the guitar picky stuff every once in a while i'll bust out a fucking harmonica or a tambourine or something you know yeah, yeah. and um, i'm pretty sure i have a harmonica on me right now i always keep one on me i keep that thing on me that you don't yeah i guarantee you i do but um we write it really cohesively and almost jam band like where yeah. he comes to me with something and i will just start singing and it inevitably becomes a song but um, right now we're about four songs deep into our first album EP. We don't really know what it's going to be. Our band is called Stay in Prison. Our first project is going to be called, uh, is called uh, Four Loco, Green Apple, Strong Cider, Henny. It's <laughs> Dude, a, Four Loco, fuck. It's a grocery list that yes. my friend had one day. And um, Amazing. it's, I love it. I didn't know I was a musician. I kind of sung in private when I was a kid. And I did a lot of impersonation singing. Like if a song came on the radio, I was really good at sounding just like that guy, whether it be Phil Collins or- I'm gonna put my voice like this. Dude, yes. I love doing like Garth, I was, like Garth Brooks or like whatever. Friends in low play. Yes, yeah. I was great at doing that and also changing the lyrics. I've never sung a song correctly in my fucking life. She, she will vouch for this. I just let, I just let, I, I'm pointing at my girlfriend upstairs <laughs> yes. too because Shaylee's gonna be laughing so hard when she hears this because I just, Not that's what I, what I love to make her, I just love to make her laugh by changing the lyrics. I am the weird owl of my life. Um, so I, I never really took it seriously though, much like stand-up comedy when I was a kid. I was just like, oh, that's something that I kind of do that's cute, but I'm not like passionate about being a singer. Around like four or five years ago, my cousin died. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. It inspired me to pull myself out of that I am not my job at the chicken factory thing, you know? Um, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Journalism, singing, comedy, and I started teaching myself how to sing, mostly by just being in my car and being very, very loud and obnoxious. And every day I would get a little bit better and a little bit better. And then people started to hear me singing because I had friends who were musicians. And then people are starting to ask me to be in their band. And then people are starting to ask me to be in their projects. And that's how I met Jake, the um, bass player for Rose Tan. Oh, yeah. We were in a little uh, project called Ross Avenue fucking about a year and a half, two years ago. Name too. I, Jake is the shit, one of my favorite musicians in town. He's a good dude. Love that He's guy. Me and him jammed very well together and I love Rose Dan. Um, but um, then eventually, it, much like we were saying where it becomes evident, like I put something out and people go, hey, that's good. I sing and people are like, hey, sing in my band. And I'm like, okay, I did it. I weaseled myself into the, I made people think that I am a musician. I'm not. Yeah. I just taught myself how to sing two years ago. So I'm learning as I go. Uh, it's a learning process every day. I'm yeah. learning how to record. I'm learning how to f structure music. Luckily, my friends are fucking geniuses. Right. Uh, I have a lot of support and help in that realm. I know a lot of the, I'm in the scene, luckily. Right. I weaseled my way into it. Whereas if I was just in my living room or in my bedroom making YouTube videos, uh, doing my own thing and not putting myself out there, not going out there and, oh, you play guitar? play, let me sing, or just meeting people and put yourself out there in the art that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. And eventually that bobber is going to dunk under and someone's going to ask you to do something or you're going to get to right. do it. If you, that's great 
don't not make videos at home right. keep doing that but definitely try to put yourself out there in right. the scene because if i didn't do that i wouldn't be in a band right now and, and i think don't wait till you think you're good too like like don't don't wait till you like because me like i'm like singing to right get a little but, good get a little good hey, but with stand-up comedy i don't care if you suck ass get out there and do open mics dude right right open mics are a super super important thing we we're talking about that um uh we'll just flip the script on that so open mics i think a lot of times when we go out we go out to see let's say we're just someone who doesn't do any creative we're never up on the stage we're just someone who consumes we're someone who just goes out to bars we go out to comedy clubs once in a while we see comedians mm. um as an audience member we have a job right like yeah like i i think that um you know and we can we can dive into hecklers too like i'd love to talk about the ridiculousness of hecklers, i was just gonna say i don't think people realize they have a job and they yeah. oftentimes get their job confused right bro okay so let's dive into that i think um i i feel very strongly about this and um i'm 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 looking forward to hearing your opinion um because as as a dj you deal with a different kind of heckler. It's, it's a different kind. You but deal with drunk girl coming up with a dollar bill telling you to play Usher, yeah. <laughs> yes, fuck. This song is a bane of my existence. Every time somebody's going to mention a fucking song. Man. Usher, yeah. no. Um, it's hilarious. But uh, but yeah, dude, it's super true. I but think yes. that, that people don't see it as a suicide relationship. They don't understand. like The same as like a girl coming up to me with a song request saying, um, I want to hear the song. Okay, well, if I just took... If I took everybody's favorite song in this room, there's 150 people. If I took 150 songs, it's everybody's favorite song, and I fucking mash them together, it'd be garbage. It'd be fucking trash. <laughs> Just try it. Your opinion sucks. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Let me work. I know what I'm doing, dude. Literally, it's, it's like like you're you're trying out society. You're like, where's society at? How can I push against it? I'm like reading this room. I'm looking at what you're wearing from head to toe the second you walk in the door and seeing what your vibe might be like. It's but, been my goal for the past month to make sure that this is good. Don't you get that? You've yeah. just been thinking about it for the last three on, minutes. I've been I've been working on it twenty four seven. Every yeah. like me when I'm DJing, I'm every time I get in my car, I'm looking at what's hot. I'm looking at the new songs. I'm like liking. It. I'm putting it into this place. I'm putting it in that place. I'm it's listening work. to lyrics. I'm I'm literally making mashups in my head as I'm driving to the gym for my gig mm. next fucking eighteenth of the month. Like, and you're doing the same thing. Your life I, is being worked at all times. I actually was hoping that we would get to something along these lines of conversation because I have a big uh, love-hate relationship Ooh, with it. crowds, man. It's because I've done a lot of local shows, bar shows, comedy shows. I performed in every aspect you can think of. I've hosted concerts. You've DJed the, DJed the concerts I've hosted. I've seen all different kinds of shows and all different kinds of people. Um, so... There's different kinds of audience members and there's different kinds of people and there's different kinds of venues. I could say for a fact that you do have a job as an audience member and it is not to be a part of the show in any more of a factor than to laugh. Mm. If I ask you a question, answer me. If I ask the crowd a question, answer me. Trust me, the thing that you just thought of is not as good as the punchline that I've been thinking of for the past three years and practicing. And you're throwing me off and now I have to make the whole thing. Now I sound like a dick, I know, but you guys, I love you and I want you to keep coming, but- But let me work. Just know this thing, okay? And there's a big difference between performing in a bar and performing in a comedy club. I call it combat comedy when you perform in a bar. Uh, okay. When you perform in a bar, it's uh, make me laugh. When you perform oh at a com when you perform right. at a comedy club, it's ooh, make me laugh. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm ready to laugh. Yes, I am here to laugh. Uh, let's do this. People in bars tend to think that their job 
and what comedy is is my ability to react to them that is not what being a stand-up no. comedian is that's what being a person is <laughs> Dude. my ability yeah, to yeah, react yeah. to what you're saying yeah. that is not what's going on here you are not on the flyer you're not on the bill it's not joseph and audience it is joseph crumb just let me do my thing guys i will talk to you guys i'll come out in the crowd trust me but just let things happen the way they're going to happen you have no idea how nerve-wracking it is when you're about to say something and somebody else says something and you have to switch and then go back to that thing and then the thing loses its power dude you can timing is, is everything that's like a typical saying but literally yes. you could miss the beat and fall off the joke yeah and you a lot of people I don't think they realize when they're seeing me perform is a lot different when they're seeing other stand-up comedians perform because I lost my ability to drive because I fell asleep in a Taco Bell drive-through very drunk one night. Don't do it. And it makes it very hard to get to open mics and perform like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it hard to get to open mics and perform like I used to in 2016. I was at every single one, but I can't do that now. So a lot of times, the only time I perform all year is when I get booked for a gig. I am very thankful for the fact that I am a four-year comedian and I get booked for gigs. That's unheard of. That's You don't get booked for gigs till you're 10 years in usually, so I'm very lucky in that sense. But that means that most comedians, when you see their half hour or their 15 minutes or their hour, they have been doing it every night repeatedly over and over and over again. I perform, perform once a month, once every two months to the same crowd, which means I have to write a new thing every month half hour long and it has i can't say the same thing because you guys were there last month and i don't get to practice it mm -hmm. at all and when you talk <laughs> that's scary man yeah and now i hope you guys like think about my performances where they haven't like gone so great at blue sky or whatever and frame it in that sense that that half hour speech i told that was the first time i ever told it yeah. i didn't get to practice it I didn't get to go to open mics. I didn't get to, I am different than other comedians. I don't get that privilege. Dude, I think that being a small town comedian it's or rough. being a small, like I always say it with DJs too. Like if you can impress a crowd as a DJ in a small town yeah. of people who don't realize that they're even opinionated, I'm not that's what of, they're being. I'm not scared of shit. <laughs> Dude, it's it's good. You, you learn the diverse things and you also are forced to just, you can't just beat the same horse. It's like, even if a joke killed, for me, like I would make, I was looking back at my mix cloud the other day, I was like updating my, um, like names on there because like kind of fading out the Kronos name mm. um, and I was like fucking looking back at my old catalog from like 2015 2014 and I was like oh, I got like you know 50 mixes on here or whatever and like they're each an hour long and there's <laughs> each like so much fucking time that I put in because a lot of them were shows a lot of them were like specific nights to the club like I always tried to treat the night as it's as a one special moment in time like in, and when you listen to the mix, you can kind of go back to that. And I feel like as a comedian writing in a small town, when you're really trying to write like, like what's going on right now and where am I? And but like, you have to abandon those mixes, huh? Yeah. Like the, you the, don't, the, that's the, it. Once I, once I release them, especially online, I, I don't even like to use the same transitions between two songs anymore. Earlier we were talking over the phone about Andrew, Andrew Schultz and how he's kind of changed yeah. the way people are viewing comedy in the sense of less is more. Like I can't tell you, if you come to see me and you've already seen my, hour online you're not gonna laugh you're gonna actually yeah. be very mad at me yeah. it's not like music where play the hits there's Truth, only yeah. been one or two comedians who have ever been able to do that mm -hmm. in the history of mankind that's andrew dice clay and sam kinnison i think maybe um we can't do that so usually you're not going to see a lot yeah. of output from stand-up comedians and once i let something out to you guys if i put something on facebook if i put something on instagram i don't that's it 
that's it yep i don't get to joke that's it i don't get to replay it i don't get to tell it again yeah i don't get to use it on stage you're going to be really mad at me if i start reciting my facebook posts on stage and yeah. you paid 10 20 bucks to see me you're going to right. be very upset and i'm not trying to fight so but yeah and i think that that's the mix is the very yeah. same thing and i can't get married to things but i also have to protect certain aspects like there's bits that i have that i love that people are never going to see until you come and see me you're never going to see it on oh, yeah. Facebook. You're never going to see it on Instagram. I will not give this up until it's on my first hour special. Mm. Um, but Andrew Schultz, he comes in and says, okay, that's great. I'm going to film every set I have and every bit that I can give away, everyone that I can give up for adoption, everyone that I can abort, everyone, a crowd, piece of crowd work that I'm not married to. And you know, a piece of crowd work can turn into a bit. He could have took that three minute clip and took that piece of crowd work and fleshed it out and materialized it mm. and saved it for his hour special. And then people would have watched the first 20 minutes of it on Netflix and then they would have clicked off and he's a white male and he wouldn't have got that much traction. What he did instead was put all these three minute, four minute, five minute clips and flooded Instagram and Facebook and changed the way Facebook comedians and stand up comedians and online comedians, just how you operate, changed it completely. I need to start doing that as well. I'm not gonna be able to do that until I start regularly doing open mics though. Right. I gotta get out there and do open mics. I have footage of me on stage, but I, like I said, I don't put it out because I fucking like those jokes and I wanna keep telling them. Right. But we are in a new age with social media, a TikTok age, a Vine age, whatever you want to call it, where that hour long special a year, that is not conducive to how the fucking internet works anymore. Mm -mm. That is, Next. No, yeah, that's not gonna work, bud. I want more every day, all the time. Okay, luckily to you motherfuckers, I'm funny 24 <laughs> seven, but hold on, let me figure out how I'm gonna put this out. Like it, I can't just, throw it out there i have to put it in present it in a pretty way to well, make people even take it serious i feel like uh, andrew schultz was doing a lot of because wasn't he on with like charlemagne didn't they have a didn't they have a podcast together the brilliant idiots i was just listening right. to it the other day it's good shit yeah i mean i i think that he was smart and it's kind of look at what joe joe rogan do, does as a comedian like what he started doing is like where do you get good content it's from fucking regular conversation you yeah know? like you, you just you get out there and you just keep doing stuff it sounds like you've been doing a lot of shit too just trying to like keep working keep the momentum going trying to put out but. yeah that's totally derailed everything i had going but um putting out an hour-long special a year at this point is like putting out a 15-minute podcast and expecting to get something out of it like, mm. you, you know what i mean like you're gonna need more i you need gotta more. work way harder i need more and it's like okay i'll give it but okay so figure it out. how does okay so we we're talking about audience and then we're talking about just kind of the different comedy in a live setting and comedy on social media what's our audience on social media like do they have a job is there a because like you can't just let it turn into a fucking cesspool of comments too like, uh, like there's also an audience on the other end of i'm in the midst of trying to figure out how to monetize this and make it a thing now it's I don't think I've ever actually said this on recording and I hope nobody <laughs> from any other art takes this in a bad way it's not anything I'm saying about about this art it's just kind of the way comedy gets treated my jokes don't get treated the same way my photography friend my photography friends photos get treated my uh jokes don't get treated the same way my friend's song gets treated you know what I mean mm. there's a a different realm of support yeah. for jokes and for comedy than there is for other things and you kind of have to do it on your own 
Yeah, it's way, it's 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 a do I personally feel this specific content or not? Not oh, this is a great joke from my friend who I want to support in this way. Yeah, exactly. Like my friends don't share my stuff because they're being supportive of me. They only share my stuff when I really make them laugh. Yeah, and so if it has nothing to do with them personally, the joke itself. I even have to win over my fucking friends. <laughs> wow. It's pretty sick. But luckily, my friends love me and they're Good great and they share my shit all the time. So that's wonderful. But there's just a different way that the audience, when it comes to stand up comedy in mm. person and on the internet, they're way different things. The way your friends react, I don't expect anything from my friends or family. I know that that's not the way anybody becomes successful. Mm. You need a good support system. Yes, you need people to believe in you. That helps. You also need people to not believe in you. But you have to just let your content go onto the internet and speak for itself. I think uh, when it comes, support is always a fucking weird word to me. I always felt weird about people supporting me just because they know me. Yeah, I, like I, I would always say like like people like would repost my stuff and say, "Come support Jake because he's local." And I'm like, "What if you don't like the music? Yeah. Don't fucking come out, man. I don't want to take your time yeah. tonight if you don't like this shit. What if it's I, bad? I, I want to say, here's what I'm doing, and if that's the thing that you're into, like come enjoy it and let's have a wonderful time together. Like, um, and I feel like it's like you you almost have to do that. Like, well, it's like, hey, do we need to do cocaine to self promote? <laughs> on the internet like, <laughs> yes like we were saying earlier like the people who need to have it to feel something to like let their dreams out do i need yeah. to do a line to post something saying hey i'm a face i'm a stand-up comedian will you come to my show because that is my biggest downfall i'm very bad at branding myself and putting myself out there and going hey guys will you support this will, will you share this mm. will you come to my show well, it's dude, it's the same thing. It's like, it's almost like believing in yourself out loud. Like you almost yeah. is like, like you get, look at like Russ, you know, the rapper Russ. Yeah. Like, I mean, you he's, introduced me to Russ four years ago. Holy fuck. I dude, sent for you, sure. I was working out at the gym and I was like, yes. send me some music and you sent me Russ. Oh man. I, <laughs> fuck. I love him right next to you. There's fuck it. I'll do it myself on the wall. I know. I saw uh, that. Yeah. That's but, dope. uh, but so him, like, so, um, there's not really a world that exists. Like in our society, if you believe in yourself, you can't really say it. No. You can't really like be about that Someone without else has it. to say it. Yeah, it's a uh, and it's it's a uh, it's almost like what like what if you really in your fucking heart like you think you're Neo like you're like dude I I'm I'm like I literally like I think like you can't say that out loud because people are like you know it's a weird barrier that exists. I'll make myself super uncomfortable right now. Here's something I never say out loud. And I just said to her yesterday, this is very narcissistic. I think I have obtained a certain level of comedic genius. I know that sounds crazy, guys, but that's what we're talking about is people yeah. are scared to say these things about themselves. It shouldn't be. They're afraid. It shouldn't be. Fuck it. Just say it. What is it going to hurt? People are going to yeah. think I'm crazy? Good. Talk about me. Talk yeah. about how crazy I am. Make people go look me up. Yeah. What? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Talk about me. Get my name out there. What if somebody walks up to me in the street and they say, man, I think you're crazy. You can be like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And you can walk away. Like, yeah. like th your life is not meant by other people's fucking mm -mm. reactions to what you say or their opinions of it. But then again, it's not also like it's an amalgamation of what your definition of yourself is, what you actually are, and what exists in the ethos in the ethos that is not to be judged or predetermined by anybody. Just like what your state is, like if a non-biased uh, like entity came here, like what would they think of you? There's what people think of you, what you think of you, and then what the gods would think of you. Where does it all exist? I don't know. Hey, have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> we. <laughs> Dude, I, um, I'm strange. glancing at my nose here. I'm breaking the third wall. Third wallet. 
It's the fourth wall, actually. The fourth wall. Yes. Joe, when's the last time you changed your mind about something? Dude, all the fucking time. All the time. I think that that is one of my biggest strengths. It's such honestly. a strength, isn't it? Yes. I am people so... Change mind all the time. And she probably thinks I'm crazy for that. And when I say she, guys, I'm referring to my girlfriend that's sitting behind me. She probably thinks I'm crazy for this because I will get mad about something or will argue about something. And within three seconds, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. Dude, I was so right, wrong about right, that. Right, You're, right, right. You were right. You were right. And she'll think right. I'm fucking with her. I'm not fucking with you. I really think I was wrong. Yeah. Like I changed my mind. Yeah. And the ability to change your mind, the ability to say, I don't know, the ability to say I was wrong is one of the things that is like so um punished these days but also right. super valuable right. as a human being when i see that in somebody i value that so much but i also understand that it's super dangerous to do that in today's day and age people will your whole entire word can be thrown away if you don't believe the same shit that you believed when you were 13 right like hey you tweeted that digimon is better than pokemon when you were 13 canceled like i don't think that way anymore guys like that's a different person better i think digimon's better um but no, it's it's the same thing. Of like, I change my mind all the time, and probably the last thing I really like had a heavy, heavy like, well, shit. There's the coronavirus thing. Every other week, every other day, I'm sure that it's. I need my mask. I need my gloves. I need to be as safe as I possibly can. Yeah. We need to be patriotic and do the heroic thing and stay inside. And then the next day, I was completely wrong. You know, but that's more of a a day to day thing that everyone is kind of changing their mind on. If I really had to pinpoint something that I changed my mind on, where I think that this is wrong, I got it. Boom, just popped up in my Facebook memories today. Two and a half years ago, three years ago, and maybe you remember this. This is when I first got on Facebook and social media. Um, three, two and a half years ago, I promised myself to never argue online again, and I did it. No shit. I've not gotten gotten in an argument on social media. And when I say argument, I mean I don't even bother. Like I don't even if I disagree with you, I'll state my one thing. I'll let you say your thing. I'll say, you know what? I see so many ways in which you're right. I love you. Goodbye. And everybody is always usually like, What the fuck? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Or I'll compliment someone's hair. She'll, oh, sorry. She knows this. Like I'll just randomly, if I feel like an argument is about to ha happen, I'll be like, dude, your hair is so dope. Right. And people will be super thrown off by it, but I just don't want to argue. Three years ago, that's the big thing I changed my mind on because it was draining me as a person. It was making me feel bad. It was making me angry. My uh, uh, significant other at the time tapped on my shoulder one day while I was in the middle of a heated Facebook argument. And I retched, like I snapped around and like, what? And in that moment, I realized oh, like, wow. oh my God, this yeah. dude from Colorado arguing with me about whatever is affecting my mood to where I just snapped at my girlfriend. Right. Like, even though it wasn't like, I wasn't mad if she tapped my shoulder and I got kind of alarmed, you know, but still like still. And 2018 new year's day, I promised myself to never do that again. And that it's pointless. I'm not changing anybody's mind. The best thing I can do is find ways that those people relate to me yeah, yeah. and then let them find their way to my beliefs on their own. Mm -hmm. If they want to, it's not my job to make anyone think anything.
Right. I used to really think that part of my purpose on this earth, and that's where I say, I guess this is where I changed my mind. I used to want to be a journalist, like really, really bad. After my cousin got killed in the jail by the corrections officers, I was super social justice warrior and everything. It changed my life. And um, not SJW, but I was very just like, you this is, cause. yes, you know, activist. And um, uh, shit, where were we? Wanting to be a journalist. Okay, so... But what were we speaking of? Changing my mind. Yes. I used to think it was my job to mm. change people's mind. To to oh, convince. Like I see things that yes. other people don't see. No, like, like I have I am I am just and I am righteous and you guys are wrong. Mm. And if I, I am good at speaking, I always ha have been. And if it if I can in any way articulate my point of view right. in some way that can lead someone to the light as I saw it, right. then that is my purpose. I really thought that. No, that's not yeah, my yeah. job. My mm. job is to relate to people. My right. job is to get people to relate to me and my job is to understand people and get them to understand me. It's not right. to change their mind. Like see see you know it's, it's interesting as you were as you were telling me that you had that position. I had a very very similar position but mine was always like okay, I can be the one who solves the problem for everyone. Immediately yeah. like people are arguing in the comments, okay, I see your side, I see your side. I'm and I'm sitting there, I'll take an hour with a Facebook comment sometimes, I or I not anymore. I used to a few years mm -hmm. ago and I would be like I cuz I you know, I do see Janet's side, but also Debbie, you're being a total asshole. And in Clint, I you know, Clint, <laughs> I know his Debbie. background, so I know why he's being like this. Yeah. Like it's like I would try to solve these problems and I'll try to get like one hard-hitting comment that's way too long to read and I I'll give 38 likes motherfucker and I, that would like reassure me but it'd be fucking we, we yeah. love it but then it's like what was i really solving an argument like were these people really having like a a, a logical argument in the first place and like, you're spreading yourself so thin yeah, by understanding my life and and i see what you're saying debbie but also jim's that you're spreading yourself so thin because that was my thing was i felt like i was the only logical person are you guys not all mm. seeing this from every perspective at all times i, I do that same shit yeah, yeah. I, I think that we're very similar in that sense yeah. uh, in, in a major way um well i'm I feel more like, logical about that whole situation but yeah go. okay sure i feel like um I am sometimes the only person who's seeing it from all perspectives, but at the same time, I feel like you could all easily see it if I just word it the right way. And yes. then you're gonna go ding and be like, hey, we all are kind of right. But no. What a trap. Everyone thinks they're so right, just like I do. I think I am so right in the sense that we're all right. When probably one of us is actually more right. But it doesn't fucking matter, is my point. We should yeah. just be relating to each other and just finding right finding what we do, then we can start to adore each other. Once we relate to each other, then we can admire each other. Once we admire each other, we can start to copy each other. Be like, hey, I fucking like Jake. He's funny. Also, he does this thing really healthy. Over there, all your shit that's set up. I'm doing that when I get home, bro. Your your schedule on your wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, so I haven't been following it the last couple of months. I'm thrown for a loop, but I'd love to talk you through it. I, I fucking that's love like that. That's like my ADHD corner. See, I think uh, that I've mastered it. But I relate I to you, anything. then I admire you, then I copy your uh -huh. actions. You can't just be like, hey, guys, you should think this, and mm. then expect people to be like, oh, ding, duh, right. he's right. Wow, okay, so I actually had, uh, um, you just helped me explain kind of like, you were always trying to figure out ourselves like why am i the way i am so i'm always like oh i'm a super chameleon personality i'm like like how because that like naturally it's like how can i fit into this and i think it's for me um youngest i have three older sisters and i was probably around a bunch of people and i'm probably like how do i just like fit in with whoever i'm with right here that's probably where i was born of but so chameleon personality when i'm always trying to like 
I'm just trying to find where we level with each other. Like where, like, um, so you, like next time that we hang out, you know all this information that we just shared amongst these three, you know, four hours, whatever. That static so level where we back. can all operate. Yeah. And so you have, you start having that with like individual people, like, and it's almost like different sides of your personality. It's like, I don't know. I, I just think that I, I want to advocate for being a chameleon kind of yeah. like, like, just like, it's not, you know, watch when you're not being true to yourself. Don't laugh at, don't laugh at things and just agree to things and, and say yes when you don't want to say yes, but find it, what you, what you connect with. If I had to guess, I would say that's more of a natural state to be in is I am not one thing and I am constantly changing which e with each person I am around. Mm -hmm. um, when you step into a situation around new people in different situations and you don't try to find that level ground, you don't try to find that static level and you just go, this is what I think, that's how you start wars. That's how you fist fight people. That's how you ruin a party. That's how you have awkward meetings. Find that level. That's the natural state that people are supposed to be in, I think, right. where we are constantly changing with each person we're around. Because just like um, there's that thing where like a cell changes every time you like you observe it. Like anytime oh, yeah. you observe so, something, yeah. every time we're around somebody, we become a different cell. You become a different version mm -hmm. of you. And I think that's okay. Like that's important. You should be getting aspects of each of that pulling it all in to make like one, okay, I've pulled in from all these different realms of uh, thing and then I've reached this realm of like absolution, this is cool. I've reached from the people I know over here, the people I know over here, and I didn't step into those situations going, I am this and I'm gonna leave as this. Right, right, right. I think it's, it's, a, it's a good practice of, of being those people in those situations. And then for me, I know that something that was really good for my mental health, because I would get too caught up in being what everybody else needs, of being everybody's everything. Mm. Um, like that little peep documentary. I, I, was, I didn't want to call you out, but I was, I, I, I was trying to take that. I'm like, I took it from the wall. Bro. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, but like, like trying to be that um, without kind of like resurfacing back at home, without like, like coming back into your own brain when you're like, for me, like the, um, you know, the introverted um, like just recharging function of like, yeah. yeah, be everybody's everything, but come back and like, make sure you kind of focus and center on yourself. So like you, like might, it might be, um, um, you don't have to like Tony Robbins, like manifestation sort of thing. You don't have to like do your mantras, but like when you get back home, um, maybe you have some sort of like, I'm a comedian and I know who I am and I want to be this kind of person to these kind of people. Um, I know I jumped a big gap here, yeah. but, uh, I'm wanting more and more every day to just be a human and a person and not a comedian. Ooh, okay. I, like, um, right. I'm finding myself bummed out that I don't have normal social media. I don't have a social media where I can post my food and go uh, dinner date uh, with uh, my girlfriend today or had a hard day. I don't get to do that. If you don't have something funny to say, don't say anything at all. That's what my social media is. And I, mm. I wish so badly sometimes to just be a person right. to just uh not have to define myself by um what is over here on social media what is in my mind of who i am in terms of an artist or a creator i just wish i could be plain jane sometimes and just be normal Right. And what is normal, right? I know that, but... Be able to say what you want without any sort of like yeah, filter. Like to just have what everybody else has where I don't have the expectation to be funny because I'm not a stand-up comedian. I can just say things. I get introduced by people as a stand-up comedian sometimes and instantly I'm like, oh, now I don't get to be normal. Shit. 
Like, you know, like, fuck. Mm. I don't get to just sit here and be quiet now. But um, I find myself more and more every day wishing that, and I could make it, I could go and do it, but I don't think that I would get the same validation that I get or the same thing, or I don't even think I would like it, maybe. Maybe right. I would be like, this is fucking boring. And I inevitably would end up posting something hilarious anyways. Right. I don't think that I can be, uh, here's my dog, and um, check out my fucking lawnmower. Ah! I don't think I can be that guy. I don't know. But I want to be. That'd be fucking dope. Maybe one day, maybe that'll be the new retirement. Maybe it'll be like in the future, be like, oh, now that now that you're over this age and you've done these things in your life, we're going to give you, you're in on the private, you're on the private social media accounts. Yeah. You get on this and everybody's over the age of 65. Please. They don't have to be anything other than themselves. Let me we have post that. old people naked nudes here, whatever the fuck we want. Thank you. Yeah. I don't, um, I actually have never taken a nude in the sense yeah. of like, uh, this is uh, if you saw that picture you'd be like that's joseph naked have you um, <laughs> like a full body nude have you ever done that yeah for sure and i have a lot of tattoos that would just be like yeah oh. i mean they're probably in my phone but it, they're probably less about the nude you gotta about- ask me <laughs> and i don't have any saved so i have to go to my bathroom now at my aunt's house dude i was thinking about this <laughs> I, <laughs> at my aunt's house <laughs> I don't have Do these on hand. Bathroom? Wait, does, I mean, is she? What if she has the only full body mirror? Exactly. <laughs> I'm not at her house. I drove over there. She just has a really good mirror. Oh, you're like I just need to use the bathroom. But no, I don't know. I'm I've I've never done anything like this. Sorry to take it to that place. I was just wondering. I'm weird about nudes, and I'm really bad at flirting on social media. Uh I don't do it. Even when I'm single and everything like that, I'm very bad at it. The only this is how she got me. She just sent me a fire emoji. Okay. And then we That's met each other. Takes. We met each other two days later. That's all you need. That's all. If she would have said anything more, I would have been like, eh. <laughs> Too much. Now I gotta elaborate on my thoughts and think yeah, back. Not good at it, man. Hey, uh, what have you been doing during the quarantine, and what is next in the in the comedian world and in your world? So, like, it's obviously when it first hit, it was it was a big like punch in the gut for just it's everybody scary. doing anything. It's and really it's, scary. I don't know what the of... fuck to do, but like, what what are you? What's next? Like, not not what are you avidly doing every day, yeah. but like, what what are you thinking of? What where's your head at with what's next? Right out the gate, COVID, Corona happened. Two shows got canceled. My first show for my band and uh another comedy show that we had planned in April, both got canceled. So, okay, got to rework. What am I doing now? Cause I'm not allowed to be a stand-up comedian. So now I'm an internet comedian. So what are we going to do? <clears throat> I have, trust me when I say this, you're going to want to be following me on social media in the next month or two. No doubt. Give your ads real quick. If we have it. Uh, follow me on uh, Instagram at crumb guzzler, C-R-U-M-B underscore G-U-Z-Z-L-E-R. Same spelling on Twitter, but an underscore at the end at crumb guzzler underscore guzzler. At crumb underscore guzzler underscore. You get it. And then Joseph Crumb on Facebook. But I basically went into content creation mode. Whether or not I was going to put it out that day or not, I just started writing and recording things like a flipping maniac and i've gone viral a good amount of times in the past like half year a good like six seven eight times and so i was like okay i'm kind of resting on my laurels without i have a new audience i have a Mm. good whole new crop of people who are just now introduced to me what am i going to do i have a backlog of videos on my phone that would make it's 
it's ridiculous, dude. <laughs> of just, so, just clips and clips that you can of things edit, that um, I probably will never be able to put on the internet with and be able to go back to my family <laughs> and look at them but it's with good a content. straight face. Yes, dude. I have a lot of material that is ready to go. I have been saving up and writing. So basically my plan is this. I'm going on a full social media attack um, as soon as I have all this stuff edited and everything set up kind of like the format of what I do. Me and Stay in Prison, the band, we're getting our YouTube set up today. I'm meeting with Scotty after I leave here. You guys will be able to follow all that. If you check out my Instagram and my Twitter, you'll be directed to there. But as soon as I get done with this whole COVID stuff, I'm just going to be releasing as much content with as many content creators and collaborating as much as I can, spending the money, really making stuff for you guys that's going to look good and feel good. Like you're you're going to look at it and be like, nice. And it's going to be hilarious because I'm hilarious. Mm-hmm. But then I'm going to be working with people like Max uh, Payne. If you guys love Max, everybody loves him on the internet. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff. I'm going to be putting on my own shows. Um, we're going to rent out venues. We're going to be doing backyard shows. Hopefully saving up and getting investors for the near future to own our own venue. We're going to be working on that. But that's basically it is I'm really, really devoting my time to it. Like it's actually my job. No more. uh, I go to work and then I sometimes post funny stuff Mm. after my shift. I am actively working hard every day to put out content like I've never done before. I'm really, really trying to make it look professional, do it in a way that is going to shine back on me in a nice way and that people will want to share it and it'll look good something to make me proud of at least too because i've gone viral i've done this before it's not anything i haven't done i've i know how to make my stuff pop and everything but it's never really been anything i loved and the comedy that i'm making right now is comedy that i fucking love i enjoy making it and i enjoy watching it good place to be i'm just flushing myself into it like i've never flushed into it before i'm this is my this is what i'm going to do with my life there's no other options that's basically it. You'll be able to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that good shit. And it's just going to be flooding. Fuck yeah, dude. As much as I possibly can. I think that's amazing. Um, all I can do, really. Yeah. I'm, and then go into the stand-up shows and we'll be putting shows like I always have built on probably once a month in town. And then I'll be going to open mics all the time and people will be able to see me doing that and all that shit. Yeah. Is there, is there a constant open mic in, in, in our area? In Cowlitz County? No, area? never. There's not an open mic. Anybody listening, if you've ever had an urge to uh, open up a little place or maybe go to a place and say, hey, I want to be the organizer of these things and I'm going to do it right. And That'd do be these great. And Reach blah, out blah, blah. to us. Um, we're thinking about setting up one. The problem is with the small town is um, making it sustainable to where you have new people coming in every month and new comedians coming in right. every month. So it, most open mics are once a week. Ours would probably be bi-monthly yeah. or monthly. But we're looking to set that up too. Me and Andy Kiggins have been talking about that uh, last time we did a show, um, setting up a more monthly, regular thing. Yeah. You should get him on the show eventually too. Have you already? Um, well, so technically we recorded uh, my first five episodes of this podcast. I fucking deleted. That's like the... It was, it was some common. lame shit, bro. It was some, it was some... I saved them sloppily onto my desktop um, in a folder. And then when I re-recorded some more... I just replaced the same files because it was like file 001. And I was like, do you want to replace the files? They already exist. I'm like, of course I do. And I just deleted them. Like some just dorky shit to do. Did you, but, but hey, Andy was one did of Did you have like an actual like um, outward burst of anger? Was it visible? Or were you just like, uh, because I'm the type of person, I'm going to be honest. I don't have, I don't get, you could like, 
um, have sex with like my mom. Sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, uh, like slap me in the face and I'll be like, oh, it's cool. But like, I'll like accidentally like my lighter won't work and I will freak out. Did you have like an actual outburst of I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to think back of like how my reactions are when I'm just by myself. Like, cause I'm definitely not an aggressive person. I don't like freak out. I don't act like crazy, but sometimes I will be overly dramatic as fuck. Like I am no, like yeah. my hands are on my head and I'm like, no. And, and obviously the whole room goes. Yeah. So I often question, like, I don't know if I'm questioning God or just the ethos, but yes. when something happens to me, I am a, uh, face to the sky why me person yeah are you serious <laughs> why me what have i done to you i don't to even know me, who, it's always i don't it's know always, who you is it, no to me it is i'm doing that exact same thing but it, i know it's there's a mirror i'm looking at that's like you fucker you did this you to yourself fucker. you know you did it <laughs> like because it's always shit that you know you should have done a little bit better like just throwing files on my like i'm so excited to start this podcast in the first five episodes i just name ste-001 through five god <laughs> you dick um but so anyway yeah that was our long rant but andy was on this yeah. Uh, and I'm going to get him back in here. So Andy Kiggins is a, an event promoter. He's like been doing his thing, just learning as he goes the same way that we are. Um, we've worked a lot of shows together. He's a smart dude. All he's, three of he's, us often. Yeah. We've, uh, so let's see, like uh, he's the one who got me booked with Chingy, Ying Yang Twins, yeah. Mike Jones, Afro Man. I'm just Mark dropping Battles, names so I sound cool. A few other people. Has yeah. To be. A lot of cool shows. Um, but dude, the, like, yeah, and I haven't, I haven't caught up with him in a while. So as soon as I'm trying to manage with the coronavirus, like how many people to have over, like how to keep the distance, how to be respectful, how to, you know, my mom lives with me upstairs. I'm not trying to murder her, yeah. I, you know, because <laughs> that's the thing is like, is, is what, what a lot, of, it's on a lot of our minds, I feel like, but we're not really allowed to talk about it is like, as young killing kids, your mom well okay yes no no what? yes killing Let's your mom keep going no, no. With this. but but as, <clears throat> as young so we have yeah. this kind of cocky like i know i'm a pretty fucking healthy motherfucker i mean yeah. i like supplements i work out like all these things i'm like i'm gonna be fine if i get it i feel pretty cocky about that but like there's also a selfish part of me that's like well my mom lives with me yeah if i did get it she's dead or you know she might not yeah. actually she's probably fine but she is older did you see the michael yo episode on rogan yeah, bro. His mom got it and beat it. His mom's yeah, and she made he's fun a, of. He's a young man, so you yeah, know. But okay, this so, thing is, dude. It's so what is vitamin this thing, D dude? deficiency. Did you hear about? Did you listen to the doctor Rhonda Patrick? Is that sun? Um, we, that's what we get it from the sun okay. typically. But um, some vitamin so, D for so y'all. So this is seventy percent of of uh, people in America are vitamin D um, uh, or are and, not di- vitamin yeah. D sufficient. And then 30% of people are vitamin D deficient, which means like they fucking need it. So, uh, everybody go on Amazon right now, thorn it's $15 T H O R N E. You can get 5,000 yes, vitamin D. You can get a month supply, I think uh, for $15 or $12 or something. Go on Amazon to it. Um, I think I'm fine. It's, <laughs> I think we're fine. <laughs> I think I'm I just want to like, fuck, Man, I don't know. I, I, I feel better. Even if it's placebo. I was, yes. I, it just all, makes me feel better. All jokes aside, be as safe as you possibly can. But yeah. someone like me with an immune system, mm-hmm. like I have, I have done some wild stuff. You have the immunities. Dude. I don't even want to say, I can't say in front of everybody. Okay, but you know what you could tell me about is this time when I saw you got hit by a fucking van. <laughs> Remember that? That was cool, huh? Did let's, I or did I not land on my fucking feet? I, can you, okay, let's, uh, I, 
we're, we're getting up here in time. Uh, yeah. I think we could probably send it off around around here, but yeah. I'd just love to end on. I <laughs> got to make you tell this Jake story. Jake saw bro. me got ran over when I was a kid. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I got kicked out of... It's going to be a short story, but let me give just some kind of backdrop to how cool we were when we were younger because we were very cool young men in middle school. So I got kicked out of my middle school because... Um, they wouldn't let me call my mom. So I went on a rampage through the middle school, tearing out all the phones from each classroom as I went through the school. That got me kicked out. I went to Huntington Middle School and I met this young man sitting right across from us now. So we become friends. We start skating together, going to eighth grade and everything. We're full 2006 skinny as jeans as you can imagine. I had a Mike, double lock haircut for yes, sure. Yes, he sure did. My Chemical Romance t-shirts in full effect. Uh, random parts of our shirts just cut off and wrapped around our ankles and arms for no reason. You know, uh, eyeliner, a lot, a lot, a lot mm -hmm. of eyeliner. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we're skating one day full emote up and there's this store that's kind of like, it kind of reminded me of a very New York type feel where the store is like on a triangle. Do you know what I mean? Like that, like you've seen right. buildings in New York that are yeah, like this way or that way. Yeah. Right, there's right, that triangle right building. Yeah. yeah. It's a store that's like that and you go down one side of it and there's an embankment that goes into the street. I'm drinking the lovely beverage uh, Vault at the time. I don't know mm. if you guys remember 89 Cent Vaults. Very good. I'm drinking this like it's, a, like it's a Mountain Dew commercial. I have my head tilted back and I'm skating down the embankment like it's just ah, delicious. And I look down and wouldn't you know, a big red truck. There's this lady going about 30, 25 miles an hour in an SUV. Hits me perfectly on the corner, right? To where like... I looked like probably like a hood ornament. <laughs> I was just like hugging the front of her bumper and it popped me into the air. I did this weird 360. Somehow my feet ended up in the wheel well of the tire, I feel like. And I landed and I landed on my feet. I look up at Jake and Gunner and is it Seth? Yeah. I look yeah. up at Jake and Gunner and Seth and they all have like food falling out of their mouths. Like they're each in a different state of shock. One of them was crying in the fetal position. I feel like it was, it was scary. Not really, but they were shocked. And I look up at them and I'm just laughing. That was, I was, I didn't Cause think, you landed it, bro. Yeah. You got hit by a car and landed it. It popped happened? me How a good thing? 10 feet into the air. I did a little flip and I landed on my feet and I looked up at them and I just started cracking up. And that pretty much explains what my teenage years were like in a nutshell. <laughs> just me getting hit by cars, landing on my feet and going, ha! <laughs> <laughs> it takes another sip of vault. Yeah. <laughs> Eats my third burrito. And then I didn't go to the hospital. We didn't call the cops. We didn't call the ambulance. I actually went skateboarding later that day. And I continued my journey. I woke. We had a weird life. I mean, yours was way more savage than mine in different ways, but like, it was weird. Like what we did all the time. What were you saying? You were saying earlier about someone was like, you were cool. One of the things that makes me feel great to this day is when I still run into people from when we were kids and they were like, dude, you were so cool. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was that bad news bear yeah. kid. Like who like- My life was a mess. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> smoking cigarettes, like in the lunchroom and just being bad. That was me and it was great. And I don't regret a second of it. It was awesome. But right. to, to this day, people are like, you were cool. And I'm like, I was traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hurting inside. Every it was day not school. good. Well, um, Joseph Crumb, I'm super glad that you came over. Um, I appreciate it. I love it. This was fun, dude. Yeah. Great yeah. times. We, we could do this again. Um, I'm glad that you came in here. Like I, I texted you. I was like, bro, I think I might've mentioned like I've been uptight. I just want to talk about where the fuck we're actually at. I don't want to pretend the coronavirus isn't real. I Surprisingly, wanna... I feel like we were more deep than I thought we were going to be. 
because yeah, normally we could get there. We could get there. This is the most serious I've been for an extended period of time in a long time. I am mm. normally all gay butts and uh, poop jokes. So <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're in, in, you're an intellectual. Like you, you <sighs> don't are, say you know, that. I, I I'm not putting that on you. Like you have to show up to be one. You're Nerd. just a fucking comedian. <laughs> I like whenever I go on about stuff, I'll be talking about the meaning of life, and I'll tell people about Buddhism, and then I'll be like, I'm just a fucking DJ though. And like so, you can go there and then be like, I'm just a comedian though. It's, it's your job to see what people feel and it is my job to see i think with comedians and djs if yeah. that makes any sense yeah I definitely just, it's just my job to look around at things and be like what the fuck yeah we're, we're always we're always looking at situations as a whole we're always looking at things on a linear longer than just now timeline um we're looking at not just our perspectives but the whole room's perspectives um, it's a different way of being than a lot of people. I have a challenge to people because I know that a lot of these episodes skirt circle around mental wellness and just, you know, how can you help yourself? Um, the next time, like, you feel like you're very certain about something, even if you don't feel like you can genuinely get there in your heart, try to come full circle and go to the other side of it and see if you can relate to those people. Just see. Like, I think this is this and that's the way it is. Just talk yourself into a circle yeah. and see and if you can find how they got to that thinking. Like, yeah. oh, that's why you have that belief on that thing. Right. Just see if you can do it. And if not, whatever, cool. Yeah. I oftentimes don't agree with people, but if you can, just see. That's all I'm saying. You're brilliant, man. I appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate you talking to me, man. Can we just we, fuck we Corona and just do knuckles anyways? Eek. Knuckles are good. I die three weeks later. That'd be so awesome. All right, man. W one more time. Give him all, all your ads. Uh, on right Instagram, it's going to be at crumb at underscore crumb guzzler. C-R-U-M-B underscore guzzler. And same thing on Twitter, but an underscore at the end. At underscore crumb underscore guzzler underscore <laughs> you guys will get it hey, yay and you'll be seeing some more joseph crumb around town if you are from the area if you're one of those listeners and be on the lookout for stay in prison we're going to be releasing a lot of music and you guys will be able to see us at your local coffee shop or punk rock bar in town we're looking forward to it all right listener drink some fucking water man love you Cheers.